I was very excited to have another Kiwi on the podcast today. We have Irene Chain Kalinowski, who lives in New Zealand and has been a practicing midwife for over 40 years. And she's worked in four continents, Europe, the Middle East, China and New Zealand. She has also practiced homeopathy for 20 years and has lectured internationally. She's also authored many books such as My Body, My Baby, The Heart and Soul of Midwifery, With Women, With Midwife, With Me, Three Blind Mice, A Midwife's Tale, How Birth Was, How It Is and How It Should Be, and many midwifery textbooks based on an integrated holistic model of maternity care. It was very interesting having a chat with Irene and especially hearing about her work in China. And now that she's back in New Zealand, hearing all the exciting plans that she has to have an integrative approach to midwifery. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Homeopathy Hangout podcast, where we discuss all things homeopathy from around the world. And now your host, Eugenie Kruger. Hello, homies, and a very warm welcome to Homeopathy Hangout. Today, we get to hang out with the lovely homeopath and midwife and author, Irene Shane Kalinowski. Welcome, Irene. Hi, it's great to be there with you all. And I'm sure you're doing amazing things through our, this madness we're going through. I'm so delighted to be able to talk to you. I've kind of been around on the screen and off the screen. So I've worked in um, New Zealand for 20 years as a midwife. I trained in England. I did a couple of years there, did six years in the Middle East. Uh, and then I found myself in China for five years, upskilling the midwives and obstetricians, giving them a homeopathic mindset and actually putting homeopathy into some of the hospitals there. Incredible. So, yeah. We are ha- going to have to delve into all of that today. Before we jump in, though, can you tell us, Irene, how did you first get introduced to homeopathy? Well, a long time ago, I, you know, as everybody does, you have up and down relationships. You go, I went through a divorce when I was younger. And uh, as I was nursing my bowel, I had lots of constipation. The doctors just kept giving me laxatives, which caused a bell prolapse, uh, which they fixed and shook my hands. But I said, why have I had this operation and I don't feel any better, you know? So the next thing is I had relationship and it kind of didn't, nothing was related to stress. Uh, I had a little knowledge of uh, natural therapies, a little bit when I was in the States, I'd seen amazing things, but not homeopathy. And I actually lost three quarters of my bowel. Mm. Uh, and, it, you know, the surgeon was absolutely fantastic, but I just didn't feel, you know, the energies were not there and I had lots of, you know, issues. So when I came to New Zealand, I kind of ended up delivering the daughter to the people who ran the homeopathic college. It doesn't exist now, the Open uh, College of Classical Homeopathy. Mm -hmm. And um, I walked into homeopathy that way. Mm -hmm. And it was a a homeopath, actually, that came to me and said, Irene, I'll do your case. So she Mm -hmm. did. And then I had lots of issues like, you know, I couldn't speak out. I I was quite shy, frightened to speak things out. So she actually Mm -hmm. went into my old history. And like I'm the daughter of Polish war refugees. And it comes from a a story of them being the Volksdeutscher. And that is they were displaced persons from Poland. Mm -hmm. And dad married mother in the German church. And even though they were Polish, And he was pulled into the German army fighting against his brothers. So when he Mm. defected, he went to England. He put on a Polish uniform because they can all speak three languages and went to England. But he couldn't tell the Polish people he was helping that he was actually on the opposite side. So 
mother had this, so they couldn't speak the whole truth. And I think when she was carrying me, it was the same thing. I couldn't get the truths out. Mm. So it was a homeopath that gave me the remedies. It was Calxil, by the way. Mm. And, and the words came out backwards and they started flowing. And then I got more into it, seeing, wow, if it can do this to me, it can do it to everybody else. So by chance, I started homeopathy. And I qualified. I finished in 2001. But even in my third year, I was teaching midwives up and down the country how to use it. And the issue there was, was homeopaths hadn't a lot of experience with labour in women. And a lot of the knowledge just came from the books. It wasn't kind of the hands-on experience. But as I used it and I saw how it can work, and sometimes I had to put combinations together mm. because it fits into midwifery practice so, you know to, to see a homeopath and just get the one single remedy takes a lot of time and it's time that we don't have when we're on the road and doing things very quickly so I actually uh, started teaching homeopathy up and down New Zealand and I used it here for 20 years you know uh, in the beginning my birth rates before I went really holistic the c-sections were about 28 percent but in 2005, I've still got the stats, and they were 98% normal births. <gasps> wow. <laughs> statistics don't lie. That's incredible. No, I've kept the 2005 ones because the other computers have crashed and things, and I thought, so that's what made me write the books and kind of, you know, you know, if you fix the mindset, if you get the women to open up, because births, like, it's the, it, it's the end of an era, but yet the beginning of a new one when a baby's born, and lots of things come out of the birth if women have held on to things mm. and and if you can stem out and iron out those things using homeopathy and especially during the pregnancy the morning sickness is much less they're they're much more positive and mm. the outcomes are much better so that's how I got into homeopathy and like I teach midwives to have a homeopathic mindset I think what really helped was like, you know, I always teach the girls that, you know, you can always tell, you know, the belladonna woman who her contractions would go off if you put her in water. So, you know, there's no point running the bath. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've got the sepia woman who's quite independent. She wants to walk a bit on pace about. So there's, and she'll birth, you know, on her own on hands and knees. So, you know, the minute you put her onto a monitor, you're going to stop the contractions mm. or the nightmare woman that will sit by herself in the bathroom and have That's the door so closed yeah I mean she'll open it out to you if she's had the gas in air she'll just blow everything out but she'll hold on to the birth and she'll be by herself so once you understand the homeopathic personalities mm. you understand and you can accept the person in front of you without being judgmental that's that beautiful. Yeah, no, absolutely. I never thought about it that way. And I love how you, I'm just, I always think that, you know, a lot of our listeners don't know that much about homeopathy. So I try to explain concepts as far as we go. And what Irene is saying that typically Belladonna people can be quite fiery. It's part of the Solanaceae family. So I can imagine if you're sticking that fiery personality in water, what you were saying, that's probably not going to work so well. And sepia women, you know, they want to be independent and, you know, so they probably want to walk around and not be held down. So I, I love what you're saying that really makes sense yeah, you've got the same with the pulsatilla because she wants to hold your hands so yeah you, so if you walk out of the room her contractions are going to go off oh so, yeah you know they're beautiful pictures and you, we don't you know you don't need to use like hundreds of remedies in homeopathy mm. uh, I think 
that having used them for 20 years, what I did while I was in China is I put 42 combinations together to cover absolutely every ailment. <laughs> uh, I've recorded 64 videos uh, wow. on to teach women to self-care and be able to use those themselves. And Michael uh, in, at Similimum Homeopathic Pharmacy has actually got them on his pharmacy there. So I've done, oh, a, amazing. I've done a handbook and then I've done a separate handbook with, the, with, with what they do, but put all the uh, rubrics in and the bottom for the combination so that they can easily say oh that's me you know oh my gosh how do we <laughs> yeah. how do we get hold of this Irene and is it more for I'm the practitioners to, or the or the no, um public well, as well? I, well it's for the public as well I've done it for women and this is not about money this is about we know homeopathy works so mm. I will email them to you and you can put them up there for, for the homeopaths to use because that's my pleasure you know like I say all the textbooks I wrote a, a prenatal one for midwives a prenatal manual for midwives I've just done the second edition it needed tidying up a bit but that's got homeopathy and the homeopathic mindset all the way through it mm-hmm. um, and the midwives love it and I mean I, I, I took it out and I showed it to the girls because I was with midwifery today in Germany we went to their conference in Germany and uh, I went with Meng Shu, who I was working with in China. And, you know, we were just boasting about how we'd reduce the C-section rates from 65% down to about 9% in hospitals oh. out there. So, like, it was just wonderful. I've been on this never-ending journey. And that's what happened when Alistair Gray and Denise Sturgis came over from, you know, the uh, the Academy of Homeopathy mm-hmm. Education in New York. Mm-hmm. So they came over and we I actually flew to New York and that's when I recorded the 60-hour course for childbirth professionals. And it took a couple of years for them to get accredited, but they're really, really busy there because they've got an influx of homeopaths coming through. So I've said, well, look, we're in a situation now because I've ended up working with Lily Excellence. So if you want to watch some of my lectures, if you just go to YouTube and tap in Lily Excellence, you'll find some of my lectures up there on on normal births and things. And they're just heading up now. We're just working on an IT system to stage it all. Mm. Uh, so the course is going to be available this year definitely we've got Julie Gerland in, in Birthing the New Humanity yeah they've got a platform too so we're all working together because putting the spirituality back into birth and wow. shifting away from the medical system so that's where I am at now and I'm with the Wacky Meninga Health Council and this is the first health council that actually has homeopaths, chiropractors, osteopaths, naturopaths. We're all side by side in this council. And this is um, in New Zealand? This is in New Zealand right now as we speak. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're sharing such great info and I don't want to miss anything. Sorry, that 60-hour <laughs> course, is that specifically for health professionals? So not necessarily homeopaths, like say a midwife that wants to learn how to use homeopathy? Well, I think it's good for homeopaths because it makes you understand childbirth better because mm. I've got the midwifery perspective into it. So it, it covers everything. You'll love it because it's got the diet in pregnancy. You know, mm. it's got the physiology in it. It's got the 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 homeopathic remedies as applied to mm. pregnancy. It's got the homeopathic remedies that deal with morning sickness because when you talk about morning sickness, there's about, I think, I think we found 24 emotional issues that women have just when they're pregnant. Mm. Yeah. So 
when I put the morning sickness remedies together, I put them more not on the uh, the physical morning sickness, but I actually put the four the key for the the mental emotions. Mm. Yeah. So I'll give you an example of how it came about is women have a fear of finances. Yeah. Mm. The restless, a fear of finances. Uh, the pregnancy may not be planned. It might not, it, they might be having aversion to the pregnancy, even which is a sepia, you know, mm. a sepia. Sepia is a big hormonal remedy. Then you've got pulsatility because I find mums or pregnant women tend to suddenly become more needy when they're mm. pregnant yeah and the other one is a natural muriaticum because of the early pregnancy headaches and of course it's all about being a mother so I put them together and I found that 90% of the time they work mm, amazing yeah so kind of putting those things together so even if homeopaths do that course they're going to come out with a lot so that they can also look after these pregnant women because it's going to kind of crisscross you know Mm -hmm. I see the role that we are going to have in New Zealand as a midwife because all the midwives are going to be trained in homeopathy and the Mary traditional medicines and we're going to go back to being in the community where we can care for the family Mm, beautiful tell us all about that so then you went on to talk about this uh organization so this is in New Zealand where you've got all these practitioners working together talk to me about that well, it it was just set up six months ago with the doctor's SOS because, you know, many of us didn't want to take the jab. So a lot of us lost our jobs. We lost our jobs and everything. So we stepped aside and we thought, well, how can we do this? And then it was the, the Mary government that, you know, because we've got the real constitutional law, got the Treaty of Waitangi and the Mary Incorporation as well. So we're really covered to be to be able to step outside the corporate and be legal, you know. Wow. Yeah, which is which is kind of unique because a lot of countries don't actually have that yet. Yeah. So we're building up on that and everybody's kind of coming together. So I've of course I'm doing, you know, midwifery. So I've done like a little handbook for midwives and we're just setting it off. I think we've only got about five or six midwives at the moment, but I'm sure that we'll be having much more because I went to why he and I've just done a documentary on you know what the plan is and and, and how I visualize it to be uh, I visualize that we're going to have more community centers mm-hmm. you know the prenatal so that families come together to the community centers where they will get their prenatal education and their care and then there'll be home births or there'll be birth, little birthing units scattered mm-hmm. around because we will have normal births using homeopathy and the holistic way. There's no doubt about it. Less interventions. Mm-hmm. Women have to take responsibility when they register with the Wakamanenga Health Council as well. It's a joint responsibility. We've taken a lot of the red tape out. Mm-hmm. You know, we're over-regulated and the systems are there to punish the health professionals. They're not there to to support them and enhance them. So we've we've cleaned it up and it's in its early stages. You know, of mm-hmm. course, we've got funding to sort out because we, we have to look after women in a private capacity mm-hmm. because we're not funded by this corporate system yet. Mm-hmm. But I think as we go through to our original, the real natural law and common law, then the funding is going to come down mm-hmm. and then that will take care. And how can people donate? Is it some? Is it a, a charitable organization or is it something that people can donate to if they feel called? 
Yes, they can. They can. Uh, they can donate to the Wakamenenga Health Council if they want to donate to it. A lot of us have been working pro bono. You know, I've done all this pro bono, uh, setting up everything. We're working. You know, extra hours. You know, women have been just dumped. You know, I had a caseload of women, and I think I had one woman. Uh, well, a couple of women. But, you know, like they've got used to you. They don't want the vaccination. They don't want the jab. And it's like they've got three weeks to go before the baby comes and you're expect just to drop them. Well, I, you know, I think the Ministry of Health have put all these women at risk. Absolutely. Mentally and physically and emotionally. So I looked after the woman. I just lived five minutes in the hospital. I took her up to nine centimetres, but she wanted to go in. I wanted to go in as a support person. First they said I could, and then the next thing they came back and said I'm illegal. Mm. And uh, so, but the woman went in, and I was very sad because when she went in, the first thing they did was give her the epidural instead of mm. a bit of tough love and let the baby come. So then she ended up with a forceps birth, you know, the mm. story. Uh, the other women I've had, uh, I attended a, a New Year's Day birth. Oh. <laughs> uh, yes, this was this woman's fifth birthday. They'd lost their house and home and everything. And I went up to the systems because she'd had two normal births and then two C-sections in between. But I could see the C-sections a lot. Was it a lot of it was to do with her emotions and interventions? So I could see she was quite a healthy woman. She's birthed before, so she could birth this time. So I trapped both she and her husband for the things that they were holding on to. So the things that they were holding on to was probably some abuse from before or the partner was from a very affluent family. And what happened was, is that he was expected to keep up to their expectations and live a corporate life. So quite a lot of psychological um, uh, abuse, really, mm, abuse, mm. yeah. So when I gave them the remedies to help them on, of course, Natmer came for both of them because it was holding on, you know, mm. And the Staphysagria, of course. Mm. So they were they slept and and they were positive and everything was in balance. And so I went and I didn't have to do anything. I gave them the homeopathic remedies at the birth. Uh, I used some you know spiritual uh, activities to help the baby calm down. We had the wow. candles, and this was like it was the first time he was able to this baby skin to skin so mm. they were so ecstatic and again there's a lot of us like you know well what do you do when people have lost their house and home you know I'm not going to turn around and say I'm going to leave you abandoned and I'm going to do nothing so it was a donation so mm. uh, they sent me this beautiful big basket of goodies and they just put a little bit of money in it and then oh. uh, you know for me a million dollars would never give me back the yeah. happiness on their face, you oh. know. Uh, so I think that midwives can set up their own practices. There was another guy uh, in connecting consciousness that I'm working with, and you know, the divide between families, you know, mm. the, the vax, the non-vax, and the thinking. And he was getting a bit depressed, so he just came around. I had a chat and. Uh, gave him some homeopathics and the next thing he he brought he brought the decking so my husband could fix the deck in the garden <laughs> you know so like you know the 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 input of communities is if you give out it comes in we're all struggling to pay our bills but somehow the universe takes care of us and I think mm. we've got to trust that 
Absolutely. So homeopathy plays a huge, huge role, you know. Mm. And like I said to you before this came on about the opium state, you know, mm. people. Yeah, I talk think... to us a little bit about that. So what do you mean about the opium state? Because some of the general okay. public are not going to understand what you're saying, no, but I think okay. it's important that you break this down for us because it really resonated with me when okay. you said that earlier. Well, I did a lot of thinking and, and like, you know, when I walked out to, you go to a petrol station, somebody's wearing a mask and I would mm. say something like, do you realise we're in World War Three, mm. And they look and do nothing. Mm. Yeah, there's just nothing at all, no reaction, not a blink of the eyelid. And I thought, you're in an opium state. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I remember doing homeopathy because I, I do it as in, in my lectures and I show them like a tennis player where the ball stood in front of their eyes and it's still spinning. Ah. <laughs> and he's dazed, you know, and he's not going anywhere. So kind of I use homeopathy to help wake people up. Mm-hmm. And the opium seems to do seems mm-hmm. to do the trick. You know, it, it's the same when a baby's born and it's stunned after a birth. Or, uh, opium's a great remedy for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So I believe that with all the paracetamols and the codeines, and if you go into hospital, the first thing they give you is morphine. So mm-hmm. we've grown up on an opium state as well of all the, the hypnosis. Mm-hmm. So it's a big remedy to help people wake up. Yeah. An amazing remedy for constipation. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I've used that several times. But, yeah, definitely it's been a remedy I've used a lot for um, traumatic births as well, hey, when the baby yeah. is yeah, just come down. Yeah, the post-traumatic stress disorder that these women have, you know, mm. that with a bit of nutmer will move them on, you know, because you have to. we have to let go. I think, you know, I think I learned a lot from my parents because they'd come through the war and I had their war stories and, you know, um, like there was a lot of grieving. My mother was holding on, mm. you know, and afterwards I did give her some nutmer, but it, it came, there was that resentment, so she got the fluoric acid that went with it and it seemed to help her lift. But uh, understanding that and understanding what people go through when they've go through post-traumatic stress disorders and they can't let go homeopathy plays a huge huge part it really does um hillary dorian a homeopath in the uk once said that a lot of postnatal depression is actually misdiagnosed it's actually post-traumatic stress and if you look yeah. at what the birth you know units look like sometimes with you know how women's rights are completely mm-hmm. taken away and they come out of there with their baby in their arms they arrive at home and they are actually in a state of trauma mm-hmm. and then Yes, but you could, but it's not it's not only that, it's like it's the simple things that we as midwives don't take into consideration when you're dealing with the emotional sphere. I suppose I can say I, I you know I had a woman and we had three beautiful normal births, dim dim lights, you know, she caught her own baby and everything. And we was having number four, she still wanted to birth in the hospital, so I was in there with her. But I'd kind of helped a colleague of mine have her baby. She was a midwife. And, you know, she'd heard that we'd just birthed a baby. So the midwife ran in the room, picked the baby up and put the baby on the weighing scales and destroyed that whole woman's birth mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. So it's the simple things. And and I think that had she had a homeopathic mindset, she wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, this is what we need to, you know, to spread out. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm seeing more and more traumatized people coming out of this and waking up and as the truths are coming out they're going to need we're going to need more homeopaths out there especially for the emotional sphere you know for the for the emotions uh absolutely 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Irene, you're going to have to tell our listeners about your time in China because I, you know, obviously we've been in the same um, homeopathic Facebook group, which I actually started nine years ago when I, and uh, just for homeopaths in New Zealand. And even though I'm now in Perth, I'm still in that group because it's just wonderful to stay connected with all the New Zealand homeopaths. And over the years, I've just seen photos of you from China. I'm like, oh, this Irene lady is doing amazing things. So you've obviously been on my radar for a few years. <laughs> But tell us about China and what did you do okay. there and how did you get the opportunity? Well, it kind of took a, a lot of courage to go to China. You know, like I say, the, the 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 system here, I was totally dissatisfied with it because it was very, very much controlling and uh, not, you know, it wasn't a it wasn't a happy place to walk into the hospitals. A lot of the staff were, were stressed themselves, which is which is happening all over the world. So I wrote the book. My Body, My Baby, and a song. And uh, well, I wrote the lyrics and Edwina Thorne did the music, composed the music for me. Uh, So Meng Shu, who's been trying to change uh, the health systems out there because it's very medical, she found me on LinkedIn and she invited me to China. So I went to lectures one time and I found myself standing in front of 800 people. (laughs) And the passion in the Chinese midwives, nurses, obstetricians, they were all in the same room, was just so immense that uh, I just loved it. And Meng Shu liked my vision. So she said, well, come and work with me. So I says, well, why not? I mean, I dropped <laughs> dropped my finances. I mean, I was working for like ooh, peanuts compared to what we was earning here. But the opportunity, because I I was based in a place in Shandong province in Linyi, but I'd actually travelled right up to Harbin, right down the south to Vietnamese borders, in the middle to Chengdu. So I'd been to all many many hospitals up and down China. And I can tell you that I cried so many times because you would see three women in a in a birthing room without any bathrooms and no partner allowed in there and mm. babies whisked off to uh, neonatal units and things like that. And the hospitals, well, we went into the doctors and the mid wives they were so stressed they were so stressed because they were working by guidelines so they were scared of birth they mm. were scared of the of getting litigation they were just scared of everything and fighting each other and, and not sleeping so mm. Meng Su and I went in and we taught them uh, emotional spiritual and you know wellness and we, we we taught them about homeopathy and you know how it can help the mindset so we helped them I used to treat a lot of the staff on my list so it worked on them you know we started to bring it in uh, I had to do the history of homeopathy so I went right back to 1935 you know the 19 when Rockefeller came in and they sent all their fake missionaries to sell the pharmaceutical things to, to around the world they actually was pushing the the medical side of it but uh if you go to the Chinese traditional hospitals, there were the some of the church missionaries putting homeopathy out there. So there were actually four homeopathic hospitals that I know in China that were attached to Chinese medicine hospitals. Really? Yeah, yeah. So I found that in the history, you know, so because I, 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 I love to find out, well, where are we now? So not only did I do that, when I when we were lecturing in front of all these people, I met a beautiful guy and he did hypnotherapy and he was a psychologist and he was quite spiritual. 
And he had a young boy that came into him who was fearful of going to school and would have these, you know, the stomach pains and great fears. And I just put a couple of remedies together with Jill and me and because I couldn't take a case on the boy, but I just mm. I thought one of I've got to show them it works. I can't just fix this one and it not work, you know. So I actually just gave some gelsimium and some calcfos. I think it was calcfos. And he says, Oh my God, he's going to school. Yeah. And, and and then they would come up to me because there was a little boy that was biting his nails, you know, mm. and the nails were really half bitten off, even his toenails. And mm. his mother said that, you know, he would uh, he would kind of have a tantrum, but then he'd hide in his bedroom and things like that. Well, I took, you know, in, in China, there's a lots of nightmares because uh, the kids have to be perfectionists. Mm. You know, there's no connection with the kids. Uh, you know, natural muraticum, it's about control. You know, mm-hmm. they can control the kids. They want them to do as they want them to do. Mm-hmm. So I treat the mother and I treat the little boy and his nails started growing. It was like, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so the word kind of just spread around, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people were interested in it. So we started to put the homeopathy in the hospitals. They could see, you know, a woman would come in she'd got high blood pressure but all her blood tests were normal and I gave her the natmer because it's the fluid imbalance in the body and it brought the blood pressure down very quickly and they went wow this works you know Amazing. <laughs> so like being you know hands-on and, and and seeing it work in front of my face was just amazing mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, quite exciting to to see that happen, and of course, I've I've used homeopathy hands on all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so witnessing these things, my students would Amazing. would see that too. So all across China, we put that in. We reduced C section rates. We redecorated the hospitals. We put water birth pools in there. We even put like uh, C scenes on the walls. Uh, you know, put the traditional colours in there. So it was just awesome. And then, of course, COVID came. So then I was job because we couldn't travel. Mm -hmm. And I was stuck there for 10 months because I couldn't get out. The prices were there and we was in the apartment. So that's when I thought I went back and I put them a, a an online educational course, Normal Birth, which, of course, has got homeopathy in it. Everything's got homeopathy in it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, but then I wrote, like, five midwifery textbooks. Now, each textbook is about 800 pages. Wow. It's got, like, it's got the physiology in it. It's got the homeopathy in it. It's got uh, Chinese medicine in it. It's got the essential oils in it. And of course, I know these things work because of the specialists we brought from overseas to come and lecture out there and, and do it. I was mm-hmm. like very honoured to see all these beautiful people coming out to China. Wow. Yeah, And, and- Irene, do you find that the the Chinese people in general were quite receptive to homeopathy? Because I'm guessing that with qi and with their, um, you know, energy-based medicine, uh, probably homeopathy wasn't too far of a jump for them to make. They're they're passionate about it. Mm. When I I did the lectures and Michael Dong came over from uh, Wellington. And, you know, Helen, she came over to teach about the essential oils. 
so like I brought quite a few New Zealanders over, which was which was quite fun. Yeah, it was quite fun to put together. Um, Absolutely amazing. So I've had a ball of a time, really. I mean, and then I came to New Zealand and I, I'd written all these textbooks and put them all together. And I thought, mm, what do I do now? But then I'd given the book, My Body, My Baby, which has got homeopathy in it. <laughs> and I sent it over to uh, to Saudi, to the Saudi midwives, because I'd worked in Saudi before and I got this passion for Bedouin women and birthing. So I sent that book out there and I said, right, I'm going to give you the book and you're going to translate it, but you're going to change all the names and you're going to change the diet of the mm. women to suit your culture. But the homeopathy won't change and 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 the stories don't change, but you just adapt it. So they adapted it into Arabic and they're using that book. And I said, anything you for women, so anything you make on that book will go to support the midwives in your country. <gasps> so the next thing was the uh, the publisher of that book contacted with me. So I wrote the second edition, you know, the fourth edition of My Body, My Baby, and this publisher's taken my books and it's not costing me anything because to publish books, you know, there's lots of shady mm. publishers out there and I was taken for a ride before uh, and, and never again. Uh, so then she they've decided to publish my books and they've been accepted by the Saudi universities. So they're getting published as we speak. Um, So everything's kind of happening. It's like this jigsaw puzzle that's coming together and bringing we homeopaths together, you know, Mm -hmm. because uh, I go to Lincoln Mall Pharmacy here in Henderson and meet Diane and the the girls in there, you know, and they say that they refer patients to me, but they know I always go in for my remedies and they know me and, they say it's good for you to be back because it's it's dropped down, it's lulled down a bit. Mm. The homeopathy is lulled down a bit with this. I said, well, it's now time to bring it back up again. Beautiful. Well, with your incredible passion, uh, that's not going to be hard to do. <laughs> it's it's going to be shining not. through. Yeah. Yeah. So when when we get the homeopathic course up and running, I don't think it's going to be too long. I think we're looking about 12 weeks because they're getting the IT system done. Once that homeopathic course is up and running at 60 hours, everybody does it in their own time. But then with Lily Excellence, we're going to do a monthly forum. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be able to talk about how the practitioners put it into their practice and we're going to share stories so that we all grow together on a a global platform Mm -hmm. so that we really grow together. Uh, yeah, so if any homeopath wants anything, they can get me at chainirene at gmail.com. I'm on Telegram and I'm on Messenger. So I'm happy to answer questions and to support mm-hmm. people or anybody that wants to go into homeopathy. Amazing, Irene. Now, uh, can you maybe tell our listeners, so if there is a mum out there who is considering becoming pregnant or maybe pregnant already, and they're thinking about using homeopathy for their pregnancy and birth, what advice do you have for them? Well, I would suggest they find a a homeopath. Uh, Like I say, in in New Zealand, I've listed up all the remedies and the handbooks are there for women. And I'm just going to load those handbooks onto my body, my baby and things so they can they can do a little bit of their own. But I would advise them to have a constitutional consultation 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that if the, the sooner they can release everything, because sometimes we are, if we don't look into ourselves, we don't realize we've got a hiccup or mm-hmm. anything, you see. So like if they get a constitutional uh, remedy, a consultation, it's a big help because it's a it's not just the remedy that they take. It's the it, it's the homeopathic consultation. It's looking at them as a, an, an entity and, and it's li- listening to them, just like you're listening to me. You you know, mm-hmm. we just we just let people talk, 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 talk. <laughs> Absolutely. I always say to them, I'm just going to sit here. You just get out of your system, whatever you need to get out. And that process in itself, it's so therapeutic, hey? So healing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. And what are your hopes and dreams for homeopathy and midwifery into the future? Well, like I say, we've already got the curriculum together. The midwives are going to be trained in homeopathy. Uh, we were talking with the Wakimanenga Health Council. We're talking about when the, you know, the hospitals and the community centres were going to have homeopathy in there. Mm. Yeah. So it's where it should be and it's where it needs to be. I think if you go right back to, I think it was 1845 and you go to Philadelphia, and you look at the the statistics. I think it was sixty five thousand births, and the, the the doctors then were homeopaths and, mm. and, and obstetricians, mm. and the mortality rate was only zero point zero one percent. Oh wow! Yeah, and it's taken a hundred years for our medical docs to get there, and they haven't got there yet. So it mm. shows that homeopathy worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's in the statistics, mm-hmm. and you know it is the future. And like I say. You need to go and do some research on the med beds. Yes. Med beds. Med oh, beds. can you please tell us about that? Oh. You mentioned that before <laughs> well, we started recording. Okay. But yeah, please tell the public about it. Well, I've just spent the last two years because you know I'm very curious. So I've been like on this roller coaster ride with all this intel with what's happening around the world and the reports coming through, uh, uh following everything around the world. And we know that there are have developed uh, med beds and these med beds are actually actually work on the dynamic on the life force and they can detect where your energy levels are out and they can actually spin them back Mm, and from what I understand they can cure Alzheimer's they can Mm. actually cure uh, help with paralysis Mm. Uh, there's so many things that they can help with that our our hospitals are not going to be the same. You can actually do surgery on them without having to have a general anaesthetic. Wow. So this is what's coming. Uh, mm-hmm. I know they haven't released it all yet, I think, because there's so much happening. We know that things are happening under the scenes mm-hmm. that we don't know about. But you can you can see it if you follow your research. You, you, can, you can find the truth. The truth is out there. It's out know. there, yeah. A lot of people want to see it to believe it you know mm. they, they 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 have to see it but I think if you're really spiritually connected you know if that information's right or wrong we know if that person's you know pulling the the, the, the over eyes. eyes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we we know that I think the more in tune we are with ourselves mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to why as well for for midwives and health professionals I always had this question I would go into the hospital and the midwives would have ailments or sicknesses or chesty colds and mm. they couldn't help themselves. Mm. And I always raise the question, why, if a health professional can't help themselves, how can they help others? Mm. 
that's what's so wrong with our system and it's not a preventative model it's mm-hmm. a it, it's a it's a it's a watch <laughs> you just watch you wait for a problem to happen mm-hmm. and then you give the pharmaceutical drugs when it happens mm-hmm. yeah with but with the 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 holistic way and anticipatory care and you know the physiology you know we know for example like the nitric oxide levels you know that nitric oxide and uh the the levels are reduced from the external toxins they're Mm. reduced from uh giving too many supplements they're Mm. reduced from stress they're reduced from everything well it's like dumping sugar into your system which constricts your blood vessels Mm. uh So if the health professionals don't understand any of this, how can they advise a woman to get well? Yeah. Mm. Um, Yeah. So I think that we're going to see great changes. We're going to be sharing what we have. I think on Wakamenenga, it's going to be great because we don't often get homeopaths and midwives in the same classroom or Mm. whatever. But I think we're going to see that change because we're going to be inviting people into our lectures beautiful you know it's going to interchange in china we had uh, obstetricians midwives and pediatricians and nurses all in the same classroom mm, beautiful you know all walking side by side so there was no hierarchy there was no distance they were all we made sure they all sat in the same coffee rooms that they started mm. to talk together so we're going to see this huge change this huge change our our health system we're not going back to the old because the mm-hmm. old didn't work yeah and, and it's certainly we're not going back to the new normal <laughs> no there was never such thing to start with <laughs> that's right yeah 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 uh, uh, so I think that you know uh, yes even yeah. for yourselves if you if you're not homeopaths out there and you're listening to this study it for yourselves because Mm. you learn who you are Mm. I think when I studied homeopathy I learned more about me than I could ever put together I could see myself I could Mm. feel myself it really you know connected me with mother earth and nature Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I love this beautiful vision that you're holding, Irene. And obviously having seen that in China with seeing these different, you know, uh, medical professionals alongside uh, homeopaths, you can obviously, you've seen that and you know it can happen and it has happened and we need to just mm. bring that more into the West and certainly more in New Zealand and Australia for sure. Where uh, Certainly yeah. in Australia where, uh, you know, having come from New Zealand where a lot of people know what homeopathy is and then when I moved to Perth five years ago, I was really astounded how few people know what homeopathy is. And in the, in the last five years, there has been a huge uh, surge of people getting into homeopathy and it's been really encouraging. It feels like it's the aha moment that a lot of people have have been waiting for but now we need to take that next step and use it alongside you know the medical model and um it can absolutely. be done and yeah absolutely well especially well I mean I, I talked about the you know the hypnotherapist and helping that boy or he had I think the arsenicum woman that mm-hmm. or, or child that came in and had to have everything meticulously all put in space you know mm. I mean like you can see these pictures you don't need to go back to repertoise every remedy no. because they they you, you picture them you remember them don't you absolutely so, yeah. so like you know just helping those things or even with the tried traditional medicine practitioners because it does work work on mind and body but they can't they don't understand why Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they know it will swing it back into balance 
Yeah, but they don't totally know what the homeopaths can pick out of this. Mm -hmm. So when we work together with it, we get the most amazing results. Absolutely. And especially with traditional Chinese medicine, I've always said that's the one other modality. If I was ever going to, if homeopathy wasn't so all consuming and I had time to study something else, that would be my other thing because just the little bits that I know about, for example, you know, grief in the lungs and uh, anger in the liver and that that comes from TCM is is wonderful for us to know. Well, I ate some really bad food out there. Unfortunately, I was like, we were upskilling in in the traditional hospitals because that's where we had most movement. We had most movement in the traditional hospitals right on the Vietnamese border. And and like we went in there and I'd eaten some bad fish and Mm -hmm. I didn't, it it was fish or it was seafood or it was something. And like the homeopathy just didn't quite hold. It was horrendous. Mm -hmm. So I went in there and uh, they just laid me down on the table. I was just like, oh, you know, and I just really wanted it nothing would come up so I just lay down on the couch and they just touched the two acupressure points the one two centimeters above your umbilicus and the one two centimeters below it at the same time they just pushed their fingers in there I brought everything up oh. stuffed some ginger in my mouth and then they put some acupuncture uh, uh, used acupuncture and then they put the heat calls on me and I was back at work the next wow. day I was just back at work you know it was just amazing or like you know I I I had an operation on my ankle uh, because I used to be a very sporty person so one leg sometimes I think he's done it a bit tight so one leg Mm. get a bit higher than the other and then I get my back comes out you know Mm. so you know just just from where I lived in Chindao I went to um, the the Chinese medicine hospital a really friendly guy and I've got my like WeChat because I don't speak Chinese so I had to like tap everything in and do the, (laughs) the translate on it but he knew straight away he just touched the two points of my hip just straightened me up a little bit of acupuncture and I was out again but I needed the aesculus because uh, you know aesculus is that we get the uric acid deposits in our back it's horse chestnut the homeopathic remedy made from horse chestnut hey? yeah yeah just yeah, for yeah. our listeners so, yeah so kind of you know I use the aesculus a lot because sometimes I'm spending a lot of time on the computer and stuff like that and then the acid mm. deposits really start in my muscles mm. and I just take that and then I'm just dancing away and swinging around you know <laughs> That's incredible. Well, I don't, I don't know um, Aeschylus for that. I obviously know it for as great for her hemorrhoids and hemorrhoids you know, veins and, yeah, and that yeah, sort yeah. of thing. So yeah, interesting. After every single podcast, I learn something new. It blows my mind. <laughs> well, isn't that well? That's what we're here for, isn't it? To mm. share all this stuff and talk yeah. about these things, so we can all generate and so that we can all grow from it. Because Absolutely. we we all attract different clients don't Mm, we we attract mm. different things Mm. uh you know like with me and midwifery for example okay so you get a woman and she's got mastitis and you're thinking oh my goodness I can't get to the house you Mm -hmm. know and you know I'm not going to spend an hour on the phone doing a full thing so I you know to see if it comes on quickly which is the belladonna or it's come on slowly which is the bryonia or if it's a a phytolacus so I just put the three together and I get them to get their little kit and put it in the house they mm-hmm. can't afford to buy all the different separate remedies and in any case you know so you do that and then you grab some potato and ginger you slap it on their boobs and you fix the whole problem <laughs> you know with the diet of course they've got to fix the diet you know yeah. so I mean it's fixed and my student nurses say what no antibiotics mm-hmm. 
This is they only kill the bugs, honey. They don't help the body to work. You have to stimulate the body to work. Absolutely. <laughs> so I haven't written scripts out, you know, medicine scripts in a long, long, oh, years, mm. for years, really. Mm-hmm. So Amazing. I've got the community coming now because of this COVID thing. I had a guy who was severely constipated, you know, and uh, he came in and his legs were up like balloons and his, you know, his, his bowel was up to his belly button. And I just looked at him and I knew it was first thing was the diet. And I said, look, I can give you something for the constipation, but the problem is we've got to fix what comes from before that. Mm. So I'm looking at you now. I'm just going to tell you to put some bread and some rice in a bowl and put water on it. What does it do? And they say, I says, well, that's what it's doing with your body. It's taking the fluid out of your bowel and it's put it into your limbs. Mm. So now we've got to change the diet to put that fluid back into your body and get it out of there, right? So then, you know, so we eat the beans. As an says, now put some beans and lentils in a bowl and put the water in them, yeah? And I says, you know, the water will stay there forever. The beans only take what they want, but they absorb that water and they give it back to you. Mm. So you now need to, you know, get some bean soup with some cabbage in it and put some pepper in it because pepper stimulates the bowel. And then once you've done that, you know, then you can take this homeopathic medicine because it will fix your constipation, but it won't. We've got to fix this bit first. Mm. So that's kind of how I put the physiology together. <laughs> yeah, with, yeah, with the homeopathy to get the results, yeah. That's and that's amazing. all in the books and that's what, what what it's about, yeah. Amazing. Irene, I'm going to make sure I put all your links in there, including the Waikamaninga. Wakamaninga. 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 So you're going to have to email that to me so I can put all that in the show notes and people can yeah. find out how I'll put it to. Up there, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wakamaninga. Yeah. Yeah. And find out uh, where they can purchase <sighs> your books and your courses. And we'll put AAG <sighs> link on there just for when it's ready and they can just keep an eye out on there. But um, thank you so much for the incredible work that you're doing because. You know, from clinic experience and from personal experience, I know that when a woman gets to have an empowered birth, you know, whatever that might mean for her, but, you know, usually a a natural physiological vaginal birth, everything else flows on so much easier from that. And your chances of establishing breastfeeding and not having postnatal depression and easier bonding and all that is often so much easier. So if we can empower them with uh, homeopathy to have the birth that they desire, then everything's much easier after that. I think so. And what, what we're doing, you know, we're, we're going to train lots of midwives up from new. We will take some of the other midwives over, but we won't take anyone that just wants to be, be sat in and continue just with the medical model. Mm. It's got to be new. Everything's got to be from scratch. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got to, you know, establish this, which I'm, I'm quite excited about doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a gift. I think I can see the jigsaw puzzle coming together, you know, from, from my entire life because I tried to leave midwifery. I tried to do other things and it kept bringing me back. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, you know, just my adventures in China and coming back to New Zealand. And I mean, I'm thinking, well, what do I do now? And then suddenly I met the doctor's SOS and, and I was 
you know, I didn't have to look. I didn't have to mm. look where I'm going. And I'm going down to Waihi because I met the real nice community from the from the Hapu down there who were establishing everything. So they've got their own little church thing going and their community. So I'm going to go down in a, maybe a couple of weeks and teach them homeopathy and they're going to put it in mm. their little centre so they can take care of themselves. Yeah. Oh, so so that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like all this is happening. And like I say, uh, the universe will take care of us and it's just meant to be. And I just want to see more homeopaths out there working together with all us other mm. like-minded uh, professionals in our different avenues. Yeah, mm. Mm. Because n- knitting together is only going to make it better, you know, mm. a more spiritual world. And yeah, like you said, you know, the babies that I've, had the pleasure of being with a thousand of them uh the babies who have least intervention yeah who where the woman's mind is absolutely balanced when she goes into birth and she's mm-hmm. confident and you re- reduced all those fears the babies are happier they're mm-hmm. healthier mm-hmm. and they there's hardly any problems there's mm-hmm. hardly any problems to deal with if you if we wait and let mother nature do what it needs to do mm. you know the problem is is that they haven't been teaching the women to take care so we've got a lot of obesity around we've got a lot of problems mm. i'm worried about the women who have had the vaccinations in pregnancy as to what's going to turn up at a birth I I really worry about that for a lot of women some are mm. fine but i've seen more meningitis Mm, okay uh i've been because i've been doing postnatals i've been helping a, another midwife and so, mm. so she subcontracted to me and then you know i was doing postnatals so i was dealing with a lot of um so a lot of babies readmitted with meningitis and that's only like after six two out of six babies you know mm. i've never seen it before you know preterm birth is scary because mm. that was happening but nobody's linking it mm you know that's why i think homeopathy is got absolutely the medicine for now and into the future because with the experimental um shot that people are getting the reality is there's no long-term safety testing it was all rushed through so the types of uh the the fallout that we're going to see from this is something that we're going to see for many years i believe decades and possibly Mm -hmm. generations to come and the types of things that we're going to be seeing is things that are going to be pretty out of whack and that's where homeopathy the weirder the better the weird we're going to be seeing lots of weird stuff and homeopathy is great for weird stuff (laughs) yeah well I kind of brought the lockdown rules I mean uh, I went to the homes of women and went into them you know Mm. Um, and you know you you see a woman and she's had a sixth child and the husband's in that house and the kids you know from teenagers going down they're all living in like three bedrooms Mm. you see broken window on the walls you see abuse there you see all those things you know and you're trying to lift these women out of depression and this is where homeopathy plays a big big role Mm. in, in, in fixing these issues and we're going to see a lot of that because a lot we don't know about because of the isolation That's you know a lot what people don't want to, they don't they're afraid to open up you know mm. and when the truths come out a lot of people will hold back they'll either be angry mm. yeah or a lot of them will be the nutmers that are holding it all back and mm. won't let it come out and then they'll just suffer in silence so mm. i think we've got there's going to be a lot of 
you know, sweet cleaning up and a lot of people that need our help, even our friends, even our friends that have, you know, I, I couldn't get to go to Christmas because I didn't take the vaccination mm. and I've gone, you know, to friends for years. Mm. And, you know, I, I just put on Facebook, look, I forgive all of you, you mm. know, I forgive you. And, and there's mm. one day we're going to come back. So mm. we just need to nurture and support each other through these times. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time today, Irene. I really appreciate it. And your passion just shines through and it gets me so excited. And um, I'm excited for all these uh, practitioners that are going to be, you know, getting better advice on how to use homeopathy in, in childbirth, because it is definitely a very different process than, you know, any other form of acute or chronic prescribing. So that gets me very excited that you've put all this information out there. And thank you for sharing your time so generously. Well, that's right. And we're going to work together because I'll just say one last thing is that, you know, through all the courses, the midwives will be able to teach the acutes and the mm. emotional things that, you know, that appear on board. But like for the constitutional cases, and that means that like the long term asanas and things like mm. that, we're going, they're going to learn to work very close with the homeopaths to help fix those things, Absolutely. you know. Yeah. So we're going to see homeopaths in our community centres. We're going to be we're going to be drinking uh, herbal teas together. <laughs> <laughs> Kombuchas. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, Irene. And um, I will be speaking with you very soon. And I look forward to AHE uh, bringing out that course. It sounds very exciting. And, and, and I'll, I'll put you those books up there that I've done. I'll email them to you, darling, so you can just let them all be a pass, get a hold of them. It'll be amazing. Thank okay. you so much. Talk soon. Bye. <gasps> Bye-bye.